Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Harmony. And we are Lymphatic Care. The Naked Truth. We are going to dive into the lymphatic system, discuss how the system has let clients down due to lack of resources, education and knowledge on the challenges that affect the lymphatic system. We are looking forward to sharing our stories and our experiences. Hi, Hans. Hi. How are you? I'm good. We just got back from camping again. Actually, it was it was not a very good experience. Oh, what um, <laughs> Okay, so first of all, I'm now no longer working the days that I leave to go camping because it took me three hours to get back from Bris- from Gold Coast to Brisbane. Oh. To get in my car to drive four hours to get back to Gold Coast. Oh, no. <laughs> and then... Everything was good. We finally got there and I was like, okay, we got there. We've got half an hour before the sun goes down. It's okay. We're good. And we hear this loud boom. And I looked at Chris and I, I was like, what ha- What happened then? And he's like, oh, I think it might have been a tire. And I'm like, <gasps> you know what? We're on the land. It's okay. I can deal with a tire. I can make it happen. It's fine. He's like, well, I'm not looking. He's like, I'm just going to, because it's a 50 kilom- a fifty acre property. So it's like a two kilometer drive yeah. on Rock Road to get to the campsite from yeah. the room. He's like, I'm not even looking. Nah, stuff it. Anyway, all of a sudden there's like smoke and like <laughs> coming from like the trailer and we're like, okay, what's going on? So we like get down to the land and Chris is like, it's so much worse than a tire. And I'm like, well, what, what is it? And he's like, the leaf spring has gone. The whole spring, the whole suspension. What does that mean? So the leaf spring is the thing that like allows for the bounce and oh, like, okay. you know, keeps the trailer off the off, off the, the wheels. Wheel. Yeah. And it's broken. It's completely snapped. Oh my gosh. So oh my gosh. We have no tools. We're stuck in the middle of nowhere with no reception with everything that a family of seven could need to go camping for a week. <laughs> like just <laughs> putting your mind of how much stuff there was. Chris is like, I'm not even dealing with it today. It's a tomorrow problem. And I'm like, well, we've got five days here, so it can be a five-day problem. It's fine. We'll figure it out. I let it go. Then it starts raining. It's not supposed oh. to rain at all for the entire five days, and it did every single day until the last day we were there. Oh, you're kidding. But I'm not done. The next issue that comes about is the fact that we've bought a brand-new rooftop camper and a brand-new awning that, like, comes off the side of the ca- of the. the the car yeah so we don't have our regular setup right because we're like well all that stuff needed to be replaced but we won't bring it this time because we don't need it we've got all this new stuff yeah yeah well chris had put all of the stuff on the car but back to front so none of it oh no way it's pouring down with rain i have zero coverage i have zero things for my babies i have zero villages there because we've arrived a day early and this time for some reason no one has decided to come early so i have no one to be like can you just watch the babies can you feed them can you do something of help so chris has got no tools so he's like hand undoing like bolts and and screws and stuff so that he can lift all this stuff off like the hulk that he is and like flip it around on the roof of the car so we can actually use it and then in the midst of him doing all of that i'm trying to build the girl's tent which is a 1500 dollars tent and i put a massive hole in the fly which is the no. rain cover <laughs> I looked at my kids and I was like, if you have one thing to say, I'm going to get in my car and I'm driving away without anyone. I'm done. Oh, wow. Wow. 
Oh, well, I'm sorry you had such a crappy time. Yeah, well, look, the rest of the trip was great. It was just that initial first three hours of, well, you know, the first day. So I learned a lot of lessons. I don't know what they are right now, but there were a lot of experiences. Maybe patience was one of them. Yeah, well, as Chris said, he pointed out that we, we got through all of that trouble and we didn't have one argument. Oh, that's a positive. Yeah, because, you know, normally high-stress situations cause for high-stress reaction. But, yeah, it was it was just like I just kept my cool the whole time because I was like, oh, well, I can't do anything about it now. Like, you know, by the time villagers arrived, Chris was able to, like, think of solutions for the trailer. Like, that was our biggest yeah obviously you know a fly in the hole we just duct taped and we may do over the weekend um chris ended up like i said he he hulked it and he fixed and flipped everything around so that it could be used the right way um i found it interesting that we had all these things go wrong and there was no tools oh no tools at all oh well okay. obviously you didn't come home early so you just lasted no, well, five days we, yeah we ended up um chris makeshifted and like fixed the leaf spring so he ended up where it had cracked he was able to like basically connect one side to the other side and then have a clamp that like supported both of them at the yeah. same time yeah um it you know it wasn't a makeshift and i was lucky that my brother-in-law came and he had a ute so he went home got his ute came back and we loaded all of our camp supplies onto the ute but now it means, you know, we need to buy a new trailer and we need to buy a new fly and, you know, all these other things. But at the end of the day, like, it was still it was still village. It was still great. But yeah, it was, yeah. First day there, boom. Problem, oh. problem. And then the first day back, you get bombarded by all these emails <laughs> and crap that you got to do. I know. I, like, saw so I open up. I always open my emails, like, the night when I get home and I'm, like, laying in bed just to sort of get a geese of, like, what's been going on. And I, like, looked and I was, like, no, there's too many emails there. That's a tomorrow problem. <laughs> Sometimes I come back and there's like five emails and the rest of them are just like you guys keeping me in the loop of things. Yeah. Like orders or whatever. But this time it was like, you know, attention regarding this client and regarding this client, regarding this client, attention for this person, attention for this sales. And I was like, mm, there's too many things to do for that. How will do that till tomorrow? <laughs> too many attentions. Well, I went and saw a lady this morning. I actually saw two, but my first lady, I don't even know how we got on the story and I thought I'd share it with you because it is hilarious, embarrassing. I'm going to say embarrassing first, but a funny <laughs> story. And I can say it now because it's about my mum and dad and I don't think mom, my mum would appreciate me telling this story because she'd be embarrassed as well. I'm pretty sure I told you you used to live in Northern Territory, right? Yep. And we went through the flood in 98. Yep. So prior to that, that Christmas before the flood, mum and dad always liked to come up and surprise us in Northern Territory to say, ta-da, we're here. And they did that the Christmas. That's probably the last time I saw mum alive actually is that Christmas. And they rocked up on Christmas Eve. Dad had work in Northern Territory. He left. He was booked to, to go in on Boxing Day up to Northern Ter- uh, to Darwin to do his um, meeting and whatever he had to do. And Mum stayed with us. Anyway, I was back then. A, I was a smoker, which I was. I don't even know how old I was. The kids were little, and and I was into books, which I'm really not into books now because I can't be bothered. So I would sit down at night and read my book and calm down and noted we also, just backtracking a little bit, 
we used, we lived in Newcastle, so we went through the earthquake when that happened in Newcastle. Oh wow! So we were actually on the road when we when the earthquake hit. So we went past Newcastle Workers, the one that had lots of deaths there. So we weren't that far from the earthquake epicenter. Oh, wow. We drove down the epicenter. Well, it wasn't the the we didn't drive down it because it was such a mess, but we're part of it anyway. Back to the story. Everyone's gone to bed. I'm reading my book, chilling out, and then the the house is on a little bit. It's not a. It's a cottage on small. I don't know steel rods or whatever. It's. I don't even know if it's concreted down or anything. But every time I had the washing machine on, it always rocked the house. Right. So when I was in there and the the house started to tremor, and I'm going, oh my god, we're having an earthquake. Because beside me, all the glasses were rattling, and then it stopped. And then 15 seconds later, it was another one again. And Scott, my ex husband, raced up the hallway and said, You got that bloody washing machine going? And I said, Look, it's 10 o'clock at night. It's not going to happen. And so he said, Mike, the coat hangers are shaking. And I said, Well, I think there's a tremor because the, the glasses are going. Anyway, he stormed off as he does. And then I sat there, and then the penny dropped. Oh my God, my mum and dad are having sex. <laughs> oh my God, they are having sex. And I couldn't believe it. And I actually blushed and I giggled and I went, Oh my God, my mum's going to cop it in the morning. So going to cop it. And even you're blushing. <laughs> That's so funny. <gasps> anyway. So the next morning came and I was so excited to make sure I was up early so I wanted to get mum when she came out of the bedroom and dad already gone to Darwin. And I said to mum, so did the earth move for you like it did for us last night? She said, what are you talking about? I said, did the earth move for you like it did with us last night? And she went all red. She said, I thought your father was a bit rough. <laughs> and then she finished off saying, your father wanted to try on the floor. And I went because she he was concerned the bed would make too much noise. And I went, are you kidding? Really having this conversation with me right now? And she just it's just she just walked off she, embarrassed that she got caught. And I went, well, dad's not going to get away with it. So when he come home, I said to him, so did the earth move for you like it did with us last night? And he goes, funny you said that I had a great pelvic floor exercise last night. <laughs> Boom, and put me on my spot, and I had no comeback to that. So that's my funny, embarrassing story that I can share today, which I can share because mum and dad are no longer with us and they can't rouse at me for saying that story. So I funny because it's so different. Like my, I didn't, I've never really known much about my mum, but I remember walking in a few times and it was like ignored. Yeah. But then when I had my hen's night, we had like this, um, you know, sex toy person come out oh, and like yeah. a bunch of things. Anyway, and we were talking about like stories and stuff. My mum was there and so there was like one thing that I like was like, I'm not talking about that, my mum's there. And I must have like, mum must have known that I was blushing because I, I do it or did it. I don't even remember what it was now. But she's like, where do you think you learn it from? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know whether I think that's awesome that I know now or whether I want to be mortified and <laughs> traumatised for the rest of my life. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think 
I think our parents got really busted. I was probably the first time I actually like the taboo stuff, you know, like. I think I said such a close relationship with mum for her to say that. But then she got, she didn't have to say anything and say, you know, what she did. She could have said it was an earth tremor. Oh, I didn't feel it. She got to come back and said, I didn't feel a thing. I was asleep. Exactly. But she didn't. She jumped right in head first, told me everything there and I was like oh my gosh they'll teach the other me night, when we were camping Elle was like not going to bed and I was like come on bro like it's time for you to go to bed Chris and I just wanted to have five minutes of chat without yeah. the kids this was on the first night right and she just she's like why do you want to go to bed so bad why do you want to go to bed and I just looked at her and I was like because me and your dad want to have sex so we can't do that if you're standing there she's like oh is that all you could have just told me <laughs> and have 10 minutes and I was like <laughs> okay fair but I was like, oh, this is the kind of conversation we can have with you. And it's not, I was like, I, I wasn't even, I just wanted to weed her out and then she'd be weird and she'd go to bed. Yeah. And she didn't. Didn't even work. She's like, oh, so you just want 10 minutes or like. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh my gosh. That's not even why I wanted you to go away. I just wanted you to go away so I could have five minutes without any kids. But that doesn't even work either. So let, let's lead this. We, we don't know. We don't know what we're talking about today. But I want to lead this since we're talking about it into intimacy with ladies with lymphedema and gen- with lymphedema and lymphedema. And let's talk about some of the stories that we've been told by clients, um, like how much of that is an issue for them and how they um, how they live with that that stigma of being stage three for lipedema and not having any relationships. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, we've definitely spoken about it with quite a few clients in the past. Um, I would I would love to, I suppose, it's a bit challenging to talk about perceptions. Yes. When we're from the outside and obviously we don't suffer from it. But, like, I know that we've, um, it's a, a massive thing i suppose see it's different depends on the like on the age of the clients that we're dealing with too because some of our clients who are older naturally feel like that part of their life flows away anyway yeah you know whereas like someone of my age is absolutely going to notice it being a cause and effect um but i'm going to stop you there like people my age not necessarily are like that no, 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 absolutely not. Hey, I'm the first person to, I want to be the old 95-year-old woman in the nursing home getting caught having sex all the time. <laughs> just to be like, ah, I got you. Um, but I just mean in relation to like the conversations that I've had. Yeah. I, I mean, and obviously it could be different for you too because you are, you're not obviously at that end of the spectrum, but you're still older. Yes. So a lot of the clients I know, like the conversations that they have with you are very different to the conversations they have with me. Totally. Because I'm old enough to be their granddaughter. Or yeah. Great. So, yeah, I don't, I think that age is not an excuse to stop having sex. I yeah. think it should be like a healthy topic that we always talk about. And I mean, I've spoken to you about this plenty of times. I think personally sex is the most important part of a relationship. Yeah. Not in the sense that it's the be all and end all. But if you're not having connected connection, then from an energetic point of view, when do you connect? Because 
from a spiritual point of view, that's how we connect is engage and we transfer energy in that way. Yeah. Do it any other way. But when it comes to lipedema, lymphedema, those things obviously have such a high impact on our mindset and our mentality that then is going to affect our libido, our opening for intimacy. You know, I I would assume it would cause some um, potential impotence for men as well. Oh, totally. Women that we've spoken to more, like for lipedema especially, like I hear it a lot, especially when I'm like diagnosing women, having those conversations about, you know, they, they're not intimate during the day, they're only intimate at night, lights off, you know, no candles, no nothing, like don't look at me. Yeah. Um, I've had conversations before where one client would um, specifically put a blanket over her affected leg. Yeah. So that her partner couldn't even feel the mm. um, like the fibrosis forming on her leg, um, which is really, really sad, you know, because coming from like a mindset coaching perspective, like we, we love ourselves wholeheartedly no matter how challenging it is, but obviously coming from that perspective of having to live with it, you know, you've got to do what you need to do. Yeah, I mean, there's been a few clients that I've chatted to about intimacy and I think it's a case of, um, having a fantastic partner who can, I don't know, have a conversation mm. and not embarrassed to have a conversation. And I think that boils down to any relationship really. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Vulnerability is the hardest thing to actually do properly. Yeah. And, you know, we all, we all want to be vulnerable, but we're all not willing to go there to have those conversations even when they make us uncomfortable. Yeah. Okay. So intimacy is not just sex though. Intimacy is touch and touch is really important. And we are not sexologists by all means. We can only go for our personal experiences and what our clients have told us. Just having someone who understands them and understand their world is an intimacy on its own. Uh, And then you add touch to that. Excuse me. If you add touch to that, I mean that that fulfills them and gives them purpose and things like that. And it does, as you said, it all goes into mindset, as you said earlier, and it does play with your mind if you can't have that sexual relationship with someone and um, it's not because you don't want to but you you can't find that partner who understands and fulfills your needs. But that just doesn't just happen with lipidema and lymphedema. That's just across the board. But it seems to be more of an more common in lipedema ladies. That's what we we found, haven't we? I think the reason that it's probably more common in lipedema is because a we probably talk about it a bit more freely with lipedema. Yeah. But b it also affects in a different way. Yeah. Like at least from my point of view, right? So my point of view is that. Most women don't realize that what lipedema is until, I mean, I had a conversation with a lady who's been diagnosed for four years and it was only me saying to her, you realize that lipedema fat is not cheeseburger fat, right? It's not going to sit the same on your body. And even if you work your butt off to lose it, you're never going to lose it because it's not the same fat. And it was like a light bulb went off in her head of, oh, so it's, I'm not fat. And I was like, well, no, no one is fat. People have fat. That's a mindset own but like lymphedema people know what lymphedema is yes you have 
And even a GP goes, it's just fluid. You just need to weed out. Now that's not the science behind it. We're aware of that. But what I mean is, is that when a woman has lymphedema, her brain accepts that as it's just fluid. I can't do anything about it. But lipedema, even when they've been diagnosed, their GPs, their allied health, everyone else is still like, so what is it? It's disease yeah. fat. Oh, so you just have more fat. Well, no, it's different fat. It's, it's a totally different fat. And then being able to separate those two, I think is just so important because then the woman is still going to have additional fat on her body. That's just unfortunately how it works with lipidemia. You don't see someone, I think actually maybe one of our clients is the first client that I've actually seen that is completely, um, only bit of fat on her is in her lipedema legs. Yes. Right. But most cases, it doesn't work like that. Most cases it's like 30% normal fat and 70% lipedema fat. So yeah. there's still a little bit of confusion there um, for most people until they meet someone that educates them correctly. So I think that's why it comes out more in conversation with our lipedema ladies. Is yeah. They have that, that game all the time of, am I fat or is it lipedema fat? Whereas lymphedema ladies, they mostly just have lymphedema. It's fluid. Yeah. It might yeah. not be pretty and they might still not feel sexy, but it's a completely different uh, connection in the brain. Yeah. 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 It's um it's an interesting topic, that's for sure. Uh I look forward to hearing what others think of this topic because there's so much more that can be said, but we can only talk about what we know and what we hear. Yeah, um, and the I'd stories they've told. Um, yeah, to hear more, hear more about people's experiences and about their situation and how they feel versus how they felt. You know, do they feel different pre-diagnosis to post-diagnosis? Do they feel different now as they've gotten older? Like, or if it's just, is it the same across the board? Like, you know? yeah, how their their relationships go. It's it's interesting. It's interesting because you know us females we. And, I mean, guys are the same, I guess. We're self-conscious of our body. We have body issues. And same as lipedema and lymphedema. They have body issues as well. And I don't suffer with lymphedema and lipedema, and I'm very grateful that I'm just fat and I own that. But hiding those bits that you don't want to be seen is hard, and it's hard to find that intimacy if you don't like yourself. Yeah. And I think boils down to, you know, if you don't, they don't like themselves they're not going to have a lot of people or anyone be intimate with them if they don't like them and i guess it boils down to you know you really got to love yourself this is this is who you are yep. um lipedema whatever that world looks like this is this is who you are this is your world go get that kiss from the good looking guy across the room why not go for it just be you. Love life. Go, go for it. You only live once. I had this exact conversation with um, a client the other day. Same thing, you know, like lipedema and wasn't considering getting surgery because it's expensive. I understand that. But like I just said to her, you know, you've got so much to live for. You're only mid-40s. Yeah. You actually have like a lot of life left to live. And you're putting yourself in a basket of like, well, I can't afford this, so I'm not going to do it. And here's all the reasons why that's okay versus like finding the one reason that it's worth investing the money to get that, like yeah. that life-altering surgery. Yeah. 
you know, I mean, like I said, I understand not everyone can do it and um, it's, it is very expensive, but yeah, you only live once and you should be taking those chances. And unfortunately, lipedema and lymphedema, as we've found both of them, if they end up to stage four, they do take away 90% of your livelihood. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're very compacted in life. You, as you said, you put yourself in that basket of too hard and if you don't care for yourself, no one's going to care for you, especially if you don't like yourself and love yourself because that's really important. Okay, I think we should stop on this subject because I don't think we should add any more because we're not experienced people apart from personally, obviously. But our stories, you know, we've heard, we've spoken to a lot of our clients in the past about um, relationships. So if anyone wants to listen more, there's quite a few clients that we've spoken to about intimacy and um, thought we'd better just touch on that subject since we finished off with um started off with a funny story which led into this which we had no idea we're going to talk about until now (laughs) and um we'll see you next time fabulous gotta go hey we have a website info.lymphaticare.org if you want to go and check us out we also have facebook and instagram there's lots to learn there if you want to reach out via email info.lymphaticare at gmail.com all those who live in the Brisbane area, give us a call 0410 032 335. Gotta go.